Hello there and welcome. Mahaba Verhoshgeldenes to our 35th episode of our podcast Talking Round North Cyprus. And the 35th time I've shared presentation duties with my long-term friend, former work colleague, all right, and drinking partner, uh, Roger Barra. Let's move over that one very quickly. That lucky so-and-so been living in the dream in the TRNC for a whole decade now. Not at all jealous, Rog. How are things there? How are you, how are you doing? How are you, how are you holding up? Let me ask. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sarah. And a huge hello to everyone. Well, of course you're jealous and who wouldn't be? But you know what? You hide it quite well, really. Now, it's all good here, Sarah, as long as you don't want or need a stable government. Oh, well, join the club. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want to. Why would we want a stable government? Why wouldn't we want to talk about um, people, you know, having parties when they shouldn't have parties and then saying they haven't been to a party and they're not really sure what a party is? Does it, does it more than six people? Does it involve a cake? Is there karaoke? Is that a party? Is there a... <laughs> you and me have had a party with two other people in a lift. Anything over four people is defo a party. And if there's drink, that, that's, you know, that's a party. It's not a work do, is it? It's not a work do. <laughs> a Prosecco or something. Anyway, yes. Yeah, over here, obviously, things. <laughs> it's just laughable, to be honest. Um, but anyway, what, what about you then? I mean, um, as I say, plenty of course of resignations here. Um, but what's been going on uh, in the TRNC then? There's no need for calls of resignations here because the three-party coalition has already c- given up. Oh, you know, they yeah. said, we, we can't do this. Mind you, they had a whole 59 days in government. Amazing, amazing. Did they and, feel uh, anything in that time, 59 uh, days? No, it all falls to pieces. And it, it's such a shame, Sarah, because it seems that people at the top of government and of course, as you will rightly point out, there are no women in, in this present yeah. coalition who are still in power, by the way, until another coalition is formed. But they are more interested in bickering amongst themselves than looking after their people who, frankly, are facing their worst crisis since 1974 and before. So uh, it's about time they got their act together and started thinking how, how they're going to help the people. Now, do you remember last week, I was, uh, last time, I was waxing lyrical about, oh, the electricity company, uh, having rocketed their prices up to mm. three times what they were, have, have brought them back down, not to the same level, but substantially. Oh, now we're told, while the finance minister is off on a jolly in Ankara talking to his Turkish counterpart, news is released that, oh, that's only, that's only for March. You're only getting this lower rate for one month and you're not getting the refund until the end of May or the end of June. But even that I can't confirm because it's not doesn't appear to be written anywhere. But as far as I can make out and I've worked really hard, you know, electricity prices came right down again so that the the increase was more manageable. But it's only for March. We now find out. And as I say, the, the discount you get for March, you won't get till uh, the end of May or yeah. June. Now, yeah. now that means that the rate of electricity has gone up three times and it is totally unsustainable. And I've no idea what's going to happen. And not only that, uh, we're told that there's only two days of fuel left in the power station. Uh, there are still power cuts. Some people are still having them every day. 
Uh, and of course, that's adding insult to injury. Not only have electricity prices skyrocketed, but often there's no electricity to go with it. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That must be really tough because, um, I mean, I know if you've got planned electricity cuts, you can make plans. But as you say, I mean, you're paying for something you can't even get, which is which is ludicrous, isn't it? And and then if you see that the government are falling apart and you're like, well, who's in charge and who's making who's making this up? I I don't like to criticise, you know, being a guest, if you like, in somebody else's country. But everybody and even the local people I talk to, the, you know, the real citizens, more important people than me, they uh, they're just tearing their hair out. They say, A, we can't afford it. And B, this place isn't being run properly. And it's such a shame when you think go back two years, how brilliantly the TRNC government dealt with the initial lockdown and and with a COVID disaster. And at the end of year one, I think we'd only had four deaths. And it was quite a remarkable success story. Uh, Not that any death is a success story, but you know what I mean. And it was only after the the border controls were relaxed that that we became, well, like anywhere else, really. But uh, so government over here is capable of doing good work. But at the moment, as I say, they're more concerned with infighting. And they've got to sort this out and sort it out quickly. They must have, because, I mean, I'm just thinking of uh, certainly around sort of Eskele, where where my apartment is. But there's so much building work going on and so much investment coming into that area. You know, they're 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 wanting people to come, um, you know, the tourist industry. I mean, to, to be honest, this is the first year that one the first time for a long time that people can come without any restrictions and all that sort of thing. And surely... You know, the big businesses, the big construction companies, you know, should be putting a bit of pressure on the on the government to say, look, you know, we're building all these places. We're trying to encourage people to come and live here and come on holiday here. And you're just making it making it unsustainable. That must be, you know, somebody must be putting some pressure on them. And and the other thing with all this building going on and, and people in Gurney will know exactly what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, the infrastructure the roads, etc., are not being improved to compensate for all this extra building and all the extra people that uh, are expected to be here from this summer onwards. Hotels are being built. Now, there's very few hotels in the Skelly Famagusta area, but people are saying, even on social media this morning, I was reading, you know, why are they building another hotel that's going to probably stay empty for ages? It, it all yeah. seems a bit crazy yeah. at the moment. Mind you, uh, the world is crazy. Why should the TRNC be any different? Yeah, but you just worry, don't you, that you are going to get these big hotels and then they're just going to sit empty and they're just like white elephants. I mean, people just see dollar signs, don't they? These Sometimes these developers. And they're just like, oh, that's lovely. That's by the beach. Yeah, we'll just move everybody out of the way. We'll plonk a big hotel there. We'll make loads of money. And actually, they haven't thought it through through and as you say it just ends up just sitting there oh it's a, it's a shame isn't it well fingers crossed and I mentioned there actually about you know people coming over now and tourists coming over because I mean I've read that you don't even need your govern del cal now you don't need your paperwork or you might just yeah. need to show that you've had a, a negative test so what what's the what's the deal at the moment but you're quite right so it's the 18th of April actually the govern del cal you know the safe safe yeah. digital travel document that's not needed anymore. I would still suggest that everybody that's traveling here uh, takes a look uh, at the various social media sites that are available that have the up-to-date information 
because these are all still subject to change. But at the moment, you're quite right. You can come here. Of course, if you're vaccinated, all you need to show is the fact that you're vaccinated. You don't need anything else. If you're not vaccinated, of course, you need um, to show that A, you haven't had COVID recently. Uh, if you have, it's X amount of time since uh, you recovered and then you've got a current uh, valid PCR test. Um, but just keep checking. And as for crossing the border, I'm not going to give any information out because, as you know, it all depends on the mood, <laughs> on the mood of the person seeing you across the border. So I still say that if you're coming through the south, just just book a taxi from up north. Yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. Don't, uh, don't attempt the border on your own just in case that that would be my advice if anybody asked for it right fine lovely okay brilliant well let's move on to uh this week's special guest and so you made it to the pork farm but what i'm interested to know is how did you know about the pork farm i mean how 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 did they come into your view because usually you meet people in a bar what's going yeah. on this is quite different i'm very pleased the way it's happened um we have a, a regular listener a lovely lady called sharif um who lives in the uk but she's got property here in the north and she was kind enough to be our granddaughter's landlady while granddaughter was at the university here in famagusta and she gave her she was just so kind a brilliant family she actually messaged me and said um my cousin you know everybody's got cousins everywhere over here it's just brilliant <laughs> my cousin is a regular listener to your podcast and would like to come on and talk about her pork farm and i just thought oh my goodness i would love to talk to somebody about a pork farm in the <laughs> turkish republic of northern cyprus where 10 years ago i couldn't even get a slice of bacon you know and it's uh i'm so pleased because i met a wonderful wonderful family mrs b and i went up this past week to Zanen Pork Farm. Now it's in Haspalat, which is the sort of northeastern tip of Nicosia. And it's in the middle of loads of farms, even though it's very close to Nicosia. It's all uh, farmland around there. And I met, uh, we met Ulkem and her husband Arash. Now they're basically young entrepreneurs. They're, they're very highly educated, but they are trying to give farming a real go they have huge passion and huge commitment and uh and what a lovely family they are now Allchem's mum gave us a guided tour of the farm uh, and this is the first thing we heard I've never heard such a cacophony, but I've got to tell you, Sarah, and anybody else that's interested or concerned about pork farming, I have never, we have, Mrs. B and I have never seen such a clean place. From the moment we drove into the farm, it looked clean and tidy. But once we got inside, and as you'll hear, they do everything here from, from rearing um, the animals uh, to actually packaging the meat. The stalls are spotless. The cutting room, everything is, it's almost hospital-like. It is so clean. Uh, and, and we found that really, really impressive. Anyway, once we'd had our tour, we uh, went into the office and I had a good old chin wag with Ulkem. I was born in Kerinya, uh, 1994. I'm a lawyer. We live in Kerinia and my husband decided to do this business. Is 
his father he was the first person doing salami this kind of meat products in the north so he was a bit familiar with this business and he was working in Carrington as a car hire manager and when there was pandemic he said that one thing doesn't stop is food <laughs> uh, people will always be eating so food has no stop so he said that he will get into this business and as meat is something he was familiar with he decided to first he decided to do sh- like ship regular but then we were discussing and they said that there are lots of english people or people from abroad who eats pork and there is a demand for this and it's not enough i mean there are some suppliers but that's not enough so we said he said okay we'll get into this business as well and how he opened this place is that there was actually a lot of difficulty i would say because he didn't get lots of support from the government or f- because they they don't give money or help funds is that because it's a pork no, no it's it's because of the government's policy i guess it's just sure. there's not there is never money for the civilians uh, so he he got some loans from the banks and that's how he set up this place but the land itself let me be honest about that it's from the government so we got the land from the government and uh, he has all his licenses everything is approved in the beginning as this is pork and there are no porks around some people were not very they i don't want to say happy that would not be right but maybe they weren't very comfortable with the idea of a pork so they they have made some complaints and people from the government came and they said that oh no there is no reason for there to be any complaint this place is so tidy so clean everything is uh, how we want it so you can proceed as you want of course in the beginning it was a bit rumpy but now it's more settled with everything and now we give products to market supermarkets they're all packaged and, and is this around the whole trnc or specific area only in kerinya and iskele nowhere else at the moment uh, and Esentepe, sorry Girne, Ekerinia, Esentepe and Iskele at the moment we have around nine markets that we give our products to and okay, it's, it's going I was going to say as a business as a new business how would you say the success is? Uh, I think I think it's it's going very good because as i said there was a big demand for pork products uh, because there are some companies who do it but either they don't give it to all the supermarkets or sometimes they give and sometimes they don't uh, so it was necessary to have someone who delivers the products all the time i mean you, there's you don't stop and you don't start it's we do this as a regular thing it doesn't stop and start and but that's a very difficult and challenging because either it's 
difficult to find the part the pork that meets our standards because we don't cut any pork we want it to be at a certain standard uh, at the certain quality mm. uh, because how we see this is that one person if one person buys it and doesn't like it then we will lose around 20 30 customers sure. and that's not beneficial either to us or to the customers so we really try to keep the standard at the minimum we'll talk about the process from start to finish but first of all i want to know when your husband said i'm going to go into pig farming full time well you know you're his wife what on earth was your reaction well i said okay (laughs) my mom my mom was his uh, supporter i would say because my mom really thought that this is an area where people are hungry for so I, i said okay obviously it's much easier in a house when everything is stable because starting a new business everything is uncertain and there there's no stability i mean the money doesn't come because he was working as an employee uh, and he was getting his monthly salary regularly there was no oh what will happen this month kind of uh, discussion but once you start your own business maybe one day you get a lot of money but you don't know about the next day you don't know what's coming and yes as a new business there are always uncertainties but i support him i always do but i think my mom and my dad is bigger supporters than me (laughs) well you have just shown me and mrs b around the farm and the first thing that struck us was just how clean it was. Now, a lot of people associate pigs in muck and dirt and mud. Everything here is absolutely spotless. Is it hard to keep it that way? Well, of course, it requires effort because there are three people who works for the cleaning. I mean, who put their effort to clean the place. But how we see it because as you see it's my mom my dad me my husband so it's a family business and we have a helper as well but it's how we would like to eat a meat if we like to eat it in a clean environment then we have to give it to people in a clean environment otherwise i think it wouldn't be fair on the customers that we are selling the product to Uh, and that's our first goal actually and I think my mom being in charge of this place is the most impart- important factor because my mom is always like, oh no, the first thing, it needs to be clean. I think we're like, we're thankful for my dad, my mom for that. <laughs> where do the pigs come from? Where, where do you get, originally, where do you get the pigs? Okay, uh, there are pig producers on the way to Famagusta uh, and there are some other pig producers and how we have uh, arranged with them is that we said okay we want this situation to be a win-win situation we don't want to produce the pigs ourselves and then cut them as well so you produce we buy the pig from you and we cut it so it's a win-win situation for you and for me that's where we get them from now, we have just seen uh, three or four little piglets. 
who may be one week old, the most extraordinary sight. But sadly, you tell me they're the only ones so far that have survived the winter. Explain that. We had two or three three pregnant uh, pigs. They gave birth, but unfortunately the babies couldn't leave because it was very cold, extremely cold. We did everything, we put, we even put them heating, but unfortunately they couldn't survive. And this, this area, as it's open, it's very cold. I mean, you actually shake from, from, and I have lived in Swansea, and <laughs> it's somewhere it's very very cold. But they can compete here about because it's also very windy. The, the, the one thing that I I'm always fascinated about. I mean, I know you physically don't work here full time, but do you ever get attached? to any of the pigs yes. because they are the most amazing creatures i do actually i said that one day maybe i will become a vegetarian because it's so i mean because you see them and they're so lovely you pet them and and the next day you see that somebody's eating it it's a bit heartbreaking mm. and i don't want to sound cruel because i'm not but that's the and then he tells me that's the cycle. Mm. And, but it's, yes, you get attached to them, especially mm. the little ones. It's, it's not very easy, I think, working in such an environment mm. and have being in the idea that you eat it. Mm. It's, it's not something very pleasant. And of course, the process then, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will want you to tell them that the process of killing the pigs is as humane as can be. Can you explain what happens? Yes, uh, we shot them and it's in one go, like you shot it once and the animal is dead. And then you you have seen that it's very clean. Uh, and then they do the cutting process and they get rid of the fur. Mm-hmm. And they put it in the fridge for two, three days for it to rest. And then they clean, I think it's before, they clean the inside, they wash it and everything. And then they put it to rest. And after two days, they do the cutting of how it's either the chop or the steak part or the other parts. And that's how they do it. But yes, the cling, they shoot it and it's in one go and they they don't let the pig to suffer. They're, the pig doesn't suffer, no, at all. And am I right in saying that this is the only establishment, the only farm in the TRNC, where you do everything here? You are allowed, you are allowed um, to kill the pig, you are allowed to cut the pig up and package it. You all do it in, in, in the same farm. Yes, uh, yes, uh, we have everything licensed, it's all government approved and we have, I think we've worked very hard on this to get everything, to get all the licenses, to get all the approvals. We could have started this business earlier and to make money because as you know there are economic crises and we are a young couple let's say uh, who needs money but we have waited and um, we have waited to get all the approvals all the licenses and then started the business mm. 
And what about the future then? Now, you told me that you're a lawyer. Is that what you will continue to do? Or may you become a pig farmer? I mean, what, what's going to happen in the future, do you think? Well, yes, I wish to continue as a lawyer, but I will always support uh, Alas in all the processes, especially the writing <laughs> mails <laughs> and organizing things. <laughs> That's more my speciality. But the future we hope for this place is for it to grow, for us to be able to supply to the uh, restaurants as well, because there is demand from them. They ask us to give them uh, pork products, but at the moment, because it's our place is not that big and we don't have so many workers we we can only uh, give products to supermarkets and some small uh, restaurants but not regularly so our main goal i believe is to get this place to to become bigger to supply to supermarkets to supply to restaurants and uh, to be like pig farm of Saif at TRNC yeah. because yes in the south there are lots of pig farms which are very established but uh, we want to be like them that's why went around where pigs are living and everything and we have visited uh, pig farms in the south right. we have seen how they are how they work how they feed the pigs how everything is set out and that's how we wanted to do uh, that's where we took the idea from because we want to as a young people let's say uh, we want to do something that is worth looking at and saying that wow i mean you know because unfortunately in trnc there is this mindset that if you don't have a degree i mean if you're not a lawyer if you're not a doctor if you're not that you're not this you're not successful and well aras has a degree but we want to take this and show people that no people actually who are working in farm business can be successful they can do something that it's worth looking at and saying that wow i mean somebody did a very good job that's our main goal let's say what i would like to say from here to your listeners is that we have our numbers on it and if people try it and they don't like it or there is something they would want to say or they would want to make a comment they can always call us and we really appreciate any kind of feedback uh, because i think that's very important for me and him well, that's the lovely Ulkem Yeshiladis chatting to me earlier this week. Now, their place is close to Nicosia. It's called Zanen Pork Farm. And for those of you who do eat pork, uh, especially in the Skelly and Gurney area, have a look at the label. And if you, I've got one in front of me here. If it says Zanen on it, there's a phone number underneath, and they would love your feedback on what you think of their pork. Because remember, you know, they're... Um, it's a new adventure for this mm. family. And so all feedback for any new venture, like for this podcast, you know, all feedback is really welcome, whether it's positive or negative. And if it's negative, they said they'll do something about it, you know, if, if something's not right, because their idea is they want to make the best possible product. And by, by all accounts so far, 
they're being pretty successful. So good to good luck to them in the future. Indeed, indeed. So you got that packet there. So what did you have? What's that packet of? What did you get? Pork chops, Ooh. and they were sensational. Are they? Well, they. So it sounds like. I mean, it sounds like very fresh isn't it i mean if it's all yeah. done in one place yeah. and we're all about these days we're all about sustainability we're all about mm. print you know not yeah. flying things in from from even from turkey or whatever i know you know we have to do that a lot in the trnc but to be able to do it all in one place and then sell to the markets i mean it couldn't be fresher could it <laughs> and it also took a lot of courage i think yeah. because you heard about you know some people are not comfortable with this, yes. uh, including okay. their neighbours. And, and to steadfastly go through with it and say, no, I think what we're doing is good and, and we should do this. And, and I've got nothing but admiration. As I say, lovely, lovely family. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, the expat community is huge. I mean, I know a lot of people are vegetarian, so obviously it's not going to appeal to them and religious reasons as well. But there's a market out there. I mean, you know, literally. So um, something that I was interested to uh, to hear Ulkem say was that you're not considered successful if you don't have a degree, which I thought was quite interesting because Certainly, I think during the pandemic, we realised who were important to us. And it wasn't a lawyer and it wasn't a banker. It wasn't people with degrees. All right, doctors aside, let's move, you know, obviously. But we we needed people that made food. We needed hairdressers. We needed bin men. You know, they were the people, the people on the street, the people that, you know, don't always have degrees. They were the ones that actually everybody was was you know was needing, particularly hairdressers and people and you know farmers who produce food. It couldn't have been more important uh, during the pandemic. So you know, maybe people's perceptions of you know you need a degree to be successful. So I thought that was uh, that was an interesting point, but fabulous. And as you say, absolutely good luck for that. And Zanen Pork Farm. Uh, just outside Nicosia, and and it was nice that they obviously keen for people to have a look as well if they if they want. To. I mean that's 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 a good thing as well. Brilliant. Okay. Well, tick. Well done for you for uh, <laughs> doing a big farm. That's that's extraordinary. I think it's about time I went back to picking up somebody in a bar again. <laughs> We have to see what Mrs. B says about that. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks again for uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, it's really good of you to be here. Uh, do click on subscribe, however you're listening to us, so you'll know when the next one is out. If you've got a story to tell us, like uh, Ulkem, uh, you're a listener and you think we'd be interested and other people would be interested in what you're doing, then please do get in touch. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Just look out for Talking Man North Cyprus and our email is TRS podcast at gmail.com i'm sarah palmer and i'm roger barra thanks so much for listening and we hope to chat with you again very very soon